Roll for initiative. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your RPG. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game, because the only way to win a role-playing game is, is to, to have, have fun. fun. I'm Ryan, the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is Carrie, the legend. <laughs> and Jason, the favorites. Also the one who... Blew out the seams in his pants today at work when I picked something up that was heavy. Nice. The, the whole you know, maybe I did too. Did any of the no. were- did any of the werewolves transform? No, no. I do wear boxers for just this reason. Okay, so there was no full moon. No All full right. moon. Okay. Yeah. And my shirt tail is long, so I just untucked it, more it out nice. for today because that's that's how I roll. Well, let's take a minute to get a report on our Patreon backers. One of the cool things about being a Patreon backer of this show is that, uh, <laughs> that? I don't know. Patreon. Patreon is hard Patreon. to say. I'm just, it's, it's difficult. So uh, what's one of the cool things? Well, you get free stuff. Okay. Free stuff. For you example. You can get uh, art prints or copies of the, of my book, or you can get uh, um, a shout a out. Shout out on Ooh. this podcast. You should do that right what, now. What level would that be? Uh, it's the wizard level. No. Wizard, wizard Harry. Yeah. So why don't you tell us uh, one of our wizard level backers? Uh, Joel Eastland. Ooh. Hi, Joel. How are you? (laughs) He didn't respond. (laughs) Okay. Not yet, anyway. Ryan Martin, engineer extraordinaire. Ooh. Oh. Drew Stevens. I don't know if he's extraordinary at anything, is he? He is. He is really cool. He's like me. He's really good at writing three quarters of a game. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Lost Colonies LARP. Joe, Joe Hines. Hines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Noah Coltrane? Wh- well, oh, whoa, whoa. whoa. What whoa. about Noah? What about Noah? Allow me to tell you about Noah. Tell okay. us about Noah. Noah is 38 years old and lives in Richmond, Virginia. He works permanent night shifts as an emergency room nurse. I've worked temporary night shift. Permanent night shift has got to be crazy. Noah is not married and has no kids. Probably because he's a permanent night shift ER nurse. So, uh, ladies, if you're interested in a night shift nurse... Who's been gaming since 2000, 2001-ish... Uh, email know. us here and we'll hook you up with him. Yeah, maybe yeah. Noah Maybe Noah is your man. Oh, Could be. Maybe, maybe we're going to help someone fall in love. Hey, okay, okay. <gasps> Do you remember the very first UT game that we ran as a convention? Mm-hmm. There was a couple that met and had a baby. And then were married. I think they're divorced now. But they were wow. married for a long time. <laughs> I think it's related that when all of us stepped away from underground theater because of, like, you know, real life stuff. Their, mar- their marriage fell apart. It's oh, related. no. <laughs> it's that, related. That is it's related. a terrible responsibility that I do not want to have. <laughs> do we have any other wizard level folks? We do. Who? Well, if you'd like a shout out on the program or free stuff, we'd love to give you some. You can get it by helping us keep the show on the air. Get it. Becoming a patron at patreon.com slash on a roll podcast. And, and please, please do that because get none it, of us it. are really huge fans of our day jobs and would love to quit. I, it's true. I kind of like get my a, day job. Your day job is Twitch screaming. Yeah, I know. It's art. Screaming? Screaming. I, I could start screaming. You know what? If people would sub me more, I might scream. Hey, how how is your... Uh, 
Okay, let's we'll we'll wait to do that until we ask the how our week was. <laughs> when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were here at this table recording a podcast, but since then a few days have passed. It feels like forever. It feels like a massive bowel movement has passed. Oh. So Carrie, tell me about mush twitching. Um, I've started uh, Is that twushing? That sounds very urban dictionary. Or is it mitching? It could be Ooh, mitching. That's worse. I don't. I don't know why, but that's worse. I'm just shipping your two social networks oh my gosh, together. Stop that. No. Um. I've started streaming my mush while I make art. Oh, I like it. Okay. Oh. So, do, do people seem like they're following along? Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, my my stream. I don't have a lot of people that watch. I usually sure. average about six people now. Why aren't you people listening to her stream? Watch me make art. What is that channel again? Real Fun Studios. Twi- yeah. Twitch TV slash Real Fun Studios. Studios. Okay. And um, and what happens is on the left side of my screen is my mush screen. Okay. For the my character Arlo, who is just for. I don't stream anything else. It's just him. He's the town gigolo, right? Arlo the well, gigolo. Sometimes. Ah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't post those <laughs> scenes. Well, if you're not going to be tiny sexing, what's oh, the point no, in streaming it? No. Okay. So. Um. And then I do art on the other half. Oh, that's. I think that's clever. Myself. Yeah. Well, it's nice because it gives. Sometimes when you're doing art, you have to take a break. Like your your eyes get tired from what you're looking at, or your brain like gets on overload. Like why can't I figure out this thing? Right. And taking like a five minutes to read what somebody else wrote and then respond back to them it is sometimes a nice break. Because mush isn't no. super fast usually, right? No, 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 not not at all. It's like depending. You know, it could be a pose every twenty minutes sometimes. Whoa, that is not. Ideal or preferred, though. No, no, no. <laughs> but it can be slow. Yeah, typically, on it, honestly, good mush etiquette is a is ten minutes or less. Yeah, ten minutes or less. Yeah, it still seems like a lot. Well, there are some. I, sometimes I would agree. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not such a big. And game. a lot of times, okay. like what I do when I when I'm I go, hey guy, you know, I'll type this on the mush, you know, for whoever I'm role playing with, and just say, hey, I'm streaming right now, so I may be a bit slow. Okay. Because if I get into my drawing or into the conversation that's happening on Twitch or whatever, it might be a little longer before I can respond. And that's good etiquette. Yeah, sure. Because like you're, you're streaming first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's gone really really well so far. I actually mm-hmm. had somebody from one of my games start watching my Twitch channel. Just for that? Uh, yeah, because he was like, I didn't know you could do this. And I was Why like, not? And I said, I don't know if I can. We're, we're experimenting. And he's like, this is great. You know, so. I think it's super clever. Yeah, it's it's been fun so far. What have okay. you been up to, Jason? Okay, so obviously the big news is I ripped my pants today. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, the other weird thing that happened to work was uh, I had to wear a decibel monitor all day because they... Did they, they say you were too loud? Well, okay, so <laughs> somebody noticed that most of the really loud people are the ones that they gave decibel monitors to. I don't know if it's related, but it's because I work in a very loud plant. It's a nuclear power plant, and mm-hmm. uh, so the different areas of it can be very loud. And so officially, it was a safety check. Sure, obviously. And so every, like, they gave out, like, 20 of these to different random people, uh, and uh, we all just had to wear it all day, and it was weird and awkward because those microphones are surprisingly large. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you pass? I have no idea. <laughs> They're like, yep, he's loud. So what's been going on with you, Ryan? Well, gun belt report. 
Finally. Yeah. So what we're doing with Gumbelt right now is we're working on uh, sort of a, a resource management economy. Okay, because people are weird about resource management in games now. Yeah, and, and this started as a discussion about equipment right. and how those would be reflected, which led us into this. T- uh, a lot of independent games now do this thing where they're like, well, if you have the burglary skill, you have that skill representing the fact that you have those equipments. Right. right? A, lot so, of, a lot of games do that. Yeah, so, so uh, a lockpicking kit would not actually have stats. You're just assumed that because you have the burglary skill, you know how to use it. You have lockpick. You have lockpicks. That's mm-hmm. what okay. is enabling that role. It's right. very kind of uh, cinematic. Mm-hmm. All right. And so it's kind of stemmed from that because uh, there's also some systems that do things where, like, you get, uh, like, you know, you pick up like points for things, and then you can cash. Like, you pick up, you know, broken technology points, and eventually you have enough broken technology points to take. The broken tech you've picked up to a scrapyard and get money. Sure. Right? Things like that. And so we're kind of toying with a system where it would be sort of like that, except you would have um, you would have tools, rations, and like connections. Mm-hmm. And then those three things would be just like a number, a point number, and you could augment that by spending cash. Okay. You know, like you can buy rations with with money, or you can, you know, do hunting and sell sell ration points for for more cash, things like that. Um, because one of the one of the weird things about the gun belt is we always wanted it to be a little bit of resource management, just because it's a survivaling game. So okay, so it, there you do need a little crunch. You need a, so there's something encumbrancy, right? But not quite. And that, that was big. that was exactly my big fear. Is I, I, I one of the things I told Ashley, the the guy that's helping me, you know, that that's doing the game with me. I told him specifically, I don't want this to be classic encumbrance where it's three pages of rules that no one ever uses except for the douchebag DM. <laughs> have you ever? Well, I know you haven't looked at Blades in the Dark, but they have this really cool system where you have like a total weight you can carry, right? And then whenever in in the moment in the game when you need that, you cash that weight in. Right. So that weight could be like six, right? And it's a very abstract number. Right. So like, ah, crap, I should have brought armor. Uh, well, I'm going to mark off three, and yeah. now, now I've got it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a little more fluid than what you're looking for, right? Yeah, we're looking for something in between. In between? Really. All right, so what I've taken away from this is that you can go out and hunt dinosaurs. So I want to know what dinosaurs taste like. This is what I've gotten out of this conversation. Chicken, right? Do well, they taste well, like chicken? Chickasaurus. Chickasaurus. Alright. Look, I'm just saying you guys can worry about like the crunchy yeah. number stuff. I'm going to worry about, about the, the crunchy meat. The crunchy <laughs> meat flavor. Alright, let's go to combat rounds. Welcome to Combat Rounds. <laughs> Yay! This week our topic is playing to lose. I, I thought we were going to talk about playing to win. We always uh, talk wait, about wait, wait. having fun. I thought we were talking about playing to lift. We're playing to be miserable. <laughs> That's the only way to be miserable at an RPG. Is to is, have fun? I was going to say to attend. So we're going to talk kind of about this idea of different goals 
in play style. Goals is a good word. I mean, yeah. Carrie said that out there, and I think that's it's a good one, but it's not very pithy for the well, title. Well, I'm sorry, it? I'm not pithy enough well, for you. Well, you know, for the title, it's got to oh be. Oh my god. Okay, so anyway, what, what are what are, <laughs> what are these differences? Let's start. I mean, really, ultimately, what it comes down to is the the popular ones are are. Playing to win in a competitive sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Which kind of has a negative connotation nowadays. Right. Playing to lose, which is uh, the idea that uh, great role play and fun times come from bad bad in-character circumstances. Or being al- allowing those to happen. Right. And then uh, kind of a new trendy, not in a bad way, but just it, it's trendy right now, is playing to lift. Which is uh, the idea where the goal isn't about your character at all. All well, it, it's, I, I think it's still about your character, but it's about it's about playing your character to enhance the other people's experiences, right? Every time and I hear own. every time I hear playing to lift, though, I just keep hearing the "We're here to pump." You know? <laughs> I just imagine a bunch of like muscled guys who well, are like, "We're role playing." <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're not talking about Damarung right now. No, Damarung. <laughs> So, they all play to lift. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's start by talking about just the, the kind of old school gaming idea of just playing to win, which is mm-hmm. this idea of a, a gamification to your role play. Right. So like old school D&D, there was kind of, you know, everything was goal and accomplishment driven. You wanted to, you know, we kill the dragon, right. save the princess and get the gold. And all yeah. of those had an experience point value. To yes. Mm hmm. Essentially, it's accomplishment-driven role-play. Right. You, you, once you do something, you get a reward for it. Yay! And people want to get the reward, and people want to get the most reward. Mm-hmm. So, so there's PvP elements sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, well, in like LARP player, especially. Player versus player is right. what that means. Yeah. Uh, especially in LARP, there's a lot of play-to-win, uh, player-versus-player stuff. I mean, vampires rife with it, obviously. The game's designed from the ground up to have desirable positions right. and desirable generation. But I, I will say, though, I think that playing to win is much more applicable to tabletop. You know, you have to remember... I think it's most fun at tabletop. There are, sure. there are editions of Dungeons & Dragons where only the character that dealt the final blow oh. gets the experience. It was the worst. What, what about Werewolf? In werewolf, it's the same thing. Yeah. Only, only the person or pack that deals the final blow gets the renown. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, things like that. So so that drives that, you know, accomplishment-driven, you know, theme. Right, and you know what? It, the competitiveness is not necessarily bad. There's right. a ton of, like, competitive, uh, kind of like buffer sport LARPs. But people have a character, they dress up, well, some, they just want to go out and win a war, too. Some people enjoy competition. I mean, you know, not everybody who plays a baseball game hates it just because they lose. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the, the entire... I hate it because I sweat, right? <laughs> and I'm scared of the ball. I hate it because I don't run. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Y'all are both very unathletic. I, have you seen me run? No. Uh, no, you haven't. <laughs> It was a pie-eating contest. Well, no. yeah, but that's, that's, cause, that's because I was playing to win. That's right. The pie. <laughs> I only run when I'm being chased. Right. Mm. Ah, so You sound like a glass walker. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's not always bad. If, if all of the players in the game, regardless of what the game is, if all of the players in the game 
are sort of, uh, it's mutually understood that that's the game they're playing. If you've bought into a vampire game where different coteries are competing for control of the city, that could be a lot of fun. That could be fun, because that's what you're there for. But you have to have bought into it ahead of time. Right. right. And But these things come at a cost. So what's the, what's the problem with competitive playing to win? Somebody has to lose. And losing doesn't feel fun necessarily? Not necessarily. Not if you're playing to win. That's right. Now, and sometimes the game itself... The competition is fun, like like baseball. If you like playing baseball and you lose, sure you'd rather win. Yeah, but, but if it's the, still fun. But if the winner doesn't touch your butt and say "good game," uh, <laughs> and instead says "you suck," you know, then maybe there. You know, bad. I guess what I'm getting at is bad winners, poor sportsmanship, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Poor gamesmanship. Well, sportsmanship is it's applicable because. Right? It's if you're competing against somebody, it's sport-like at the very least. Yeah, and that can make it not fun. Even yeah. just a shitty winner can make it not fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, to be fair, also a bad loser can make something not fun. Mm-hmm. How so? Well, I mean, think about it. If you if we've seen cases where somebody decided they wanted to become prince, right? Right. And they uh, challenged the person, and they lost, and then they were miserable for the rest of the game. They made the person feel guilty. Because right. they felt like that. Well, what what choice did I have? Right. I you know they attacked me. I had to defend myself. But they, their character's gone now. Like I, I killed them. Yeah. And now I feel like that I've made them miserable. You know. And not only can you, as a bad loser, make the winner feel miserable, you also make everyone else that lost feel miserable. Right. right? That's true. So yeah. it's not just a I'm going to get back at. At Jason for winning. Like, right. no, you've ruined every everyone sitting at that table now is miserable because you're being a whiny little bitch. This is, <laughs> this is not the play style I enjoy most. I, I, I only enjoy it when it's something more physical because the physical acts are fun. Sure. But, like, one of the reasons I don't like this is exactly the thing that you guys are talking about is uh, people who are are good winners are not always good losers. Yeah. Um, the only time in LARP, the only time I've ever been accused of cheating mm-hmm. was when my character finally outsmarted another character that had been besting him for years. Okay. And when, when I bested that other, when I finally nailed that other character because they had made a mistake, the immediate response was the other, was the other player accused me of cheating. Right. And turned it into this whole thing. And you know what? I never played the character again because guess what? It ruined all of the yeah. experience for me. So really, you know? anytime you're going to have something that's competitive or like people are, are playing to win, right? even in like Dungeons & Dragons where it's goal-oriented, you're not really playing against each other, but you're still trying to... Competing you know, with them. Competing against the story- storyteller. And some, some competitive people have a hard time believing that they could lose. Right. Right? Which was what I encountered was that this person was uh, just couldn't believe that they could have possibly done something to... Right. To have messed up their their victory, so you need yeah. to manage that, right? If you, especially if you're running the game, you need to make people aware. Hey, we're, there's going to be winners and losers, right? You have to enjoy the competition for itself, uh, but you also have to make sure things are a lot more fair than you would have to in a game that's less competitive or accomplishment driven. Yeah, you have to be careful of bleed, bleed. You yeah. know, you know, we don't use that word a lot, but it is a real thing and it's very serious, right? Bleed is the idea that you, as a person, start to have feelings because of the feelings that characters have. Right, and I have certainly felt the same way. I have been in a game in which my character is losing, and I, I got upset. And right. mm-hmm. I mean, like, 
Was the other person doing anything wrong? Not really, right. because the situation was competitive. I knew that when I entered into the situation, but I lost and I felt bad about it. But, you know, positive bleed can become bad also. Like if you if you won. Right. You know, and you go to go to the Denny's after game and, and you're like so excited and happy that your character won that you're like, that's all you want to talk suck about. Suck it, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I won and you didn't. Yeah, well, don't, don't be that. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's that's still bleed. I, it, there's a reason why in sports they've made rules against excessive. Uh, what do they call it? Excessive. Uh, like when you party on the, the end zone. Oh, right? Right. The, the dance. Yeah, uh, you can't yeah. like you can't do that because guess what? It's kind of shitty. It's not sportsmanlike. Mm-hmm. Right. Wouldn't a be- little bit it's okay. Like, oh, I finally took Prince. Sometimes I think it's unfortunate that we don't think of storytelling as being as much of a sports referee as as it is. You know, like sometimes because we focus so much on the storytelling aspect and you know the building community and, and and making sure your players are having a good time and things are safe and all those things. We focus so much on those that sometimes we forget that sometimes a storyteller just needs to look at a player that's being a jerk and be like, "You're out of here!" Yeah. Right? That's a red card, buddy. <laughs> you know, there's, I, I kind of want a, a t-shirt <laughs> like with the stripes, with the black and white stripes. It's a storyteller on the back. Storyteller, you're out. There's uh, there's a lot of boffer larps that still refer to them as referees because really? that's a big part of their especially ones that have more competitive play because well, i'm not telling you a story i've already established that before the game started you're telling a story i'm just making sure that everything works the way it's supposed to no, that makes sense yeah. also when there's like combat in a in a boffer alarm right like literally you're being a referee then because you gotta make sure people are doing things hey you got safely. hit yeah you got hit so you can't use that arm or whatever <laughs> yeah. the rules are for that foul ball <laughs> I don't know. Now I have all these ideas of what a foul ball and a boffer larp would be. Okay. <laughs> They're all inappropriate. But here's something, <laughs> here's something to take away from this. Though. Swing Referees are trained to be impartial as possible. Right. Like, that's a huge deal within that profession. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's something we need to also remember as storytellers. Impartiality is crazy important. And so is the appearance of impartiality. Ooh. Absolutely. Almost more than actually being impartial. Appearances matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That means comb your hair, guys. Take a shower. Well, yes, obviously. Right. So that's that's sort of the idea of playing to win. So now let's talk about this idea of playing to lose. What? Playing to win is kind of accomplishment-driven. What drives playing to lose? Well, everybody I've talked to has always said that it's like they're seeking experience, not necessarily a good one or or a bad one, but their character wants to have moments, which that's sort of frequently what I'm looking for is, uh, well, that, and we'll get to the next one. I I also pursued that, but looking for an experience. What what do you think, Carrie? No, I I agree. I I think uh, you can't, if you're always winning, if you're always just like, I have to go kill the dragon, I have to kill the dragon, you miss so many other opportunities for good story. Well, you've and, told us this, that you encountered this with Bates the Hook. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I know what you're talking about. When, when Finally, when I retired Bates, one of the reasons I retired her is because her sheet was so big... I couldn't lose. You always, you succeeded at everything. Yeah, like, in fact, like, I'd go into a scene and storytellers would just go, okay, I'm not even going to run this. Because your character would be Because, you, yeah, you're just going to kill everything before anyone else gets a chance to hit it. That's and I was not like, fun. And it wasn't fun for me, and it wasn't fun for anyone Even else. if you were playing to win, that's not fun. No, Because you want to actually kill the battle. You want to compete. Yeah. And if there's no competition, who, right. what's the fun in that? And, and so what I, my, then my next character, um, 
Oh, her name was Silent but Deadly because it was. <laughs> um, you she, your joke. Characters. No, she she was mute. I know, but they always um, become serious. I'm just saying. I know that's the worst part. Is I'm always like, here's this terrible name of a character, and then yeah. I'm like, the most drama ever. <laughs> so, what was it like playing a character who could lose again? Oh, it was wonderful. I I went into combat and I I lost my chop, my my paper rock scissors. I lost it, and then the the person running the scene goes, well, just retest. And I went, I, I can't. I don't have the retest on my so sheet. So I get hit. And, and I get hit. And yeah. so I got all excited. And he was like, you are so weird. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm losing. This is great. I get to now play this character injured and get all this good drama out of it. And before, if I had been playing my character that was super big and powerful, I would have just, like, walked over all the bad guys. And they would have just, like, turned to dust and things that didn't actually happen in the game and you know like it would have just been boring and, and that is, sort of thing can be fun for a short amount of time but it's not fun forever no and it's not fun for anyone else and this yeah. sort of thing only works because you as a player were open to failure oh absolutely yeah, 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 yeah. it's the best stuff and so that's that's I think the the whole idea behind playing to lose is this idea that you recognize that the experience is is in the drama of the failure mm-hmm. right because it, you know for I've had characters that failed early on, and uh, like like with Claw, it was really really hard to complete my uh, rite of passage, and that turned out to be for completely re- weird reasons that had nothing to do with what I was doing as a character. But I felt like I failed, mm-hmm. so then I spent the next couple of years like, well, I have to be way stronger because yeah. because I almost failed at something that was supposed to be simple. I, I I didn't fail fail, but he felt like a failure, and it drove him for years. And that sort of thing, especially early in a character's career, is is a big deal. Oh, it's and that's defining. A, yes, and imagine that in games that are more freeform or Nordic, where you're not worrying about what I'm going to do in ten years. You're worried about what I'm going to do, you know, by the end of the game. What am I going to be like? Mm-hmm. And so you could fail early, and it could change who you are. And playing to lose is a big playing style in mushes too. Oh, okay. Um, so what's know. that like? Mushes are far more like soap operas. Right. And, and soap operas are drama bombs. Yes, yes, drama bombs. Like it's soap operas aren't good unless you find out you've been sleeping with your with your husband's twin by accident. Dun, dun, dun. You know, like in and you don't have the dun 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 moments mm-hmm. unless you are allow yourself to lose. Right. Because no one ever has a dun 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 moment and, the, and then wins. And then right. they defeated the bad guy. Dun dun no, 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 no really. No. Doesn't yeah. work. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've always found for me that with playing to lose, I enjoy playing to lose. And I've always found that for me, it's because I feel like winning, successfully completing the goal, right, is an ending. The so story, you want that to come late. Well, I just feel like success is a story's end, mm-hmm. right? But losing is often the beginning of a new story. Yeah. You know, because you've lost and now you have to pursue victory again or pursue redemption or revenge or, or, you know, something there's always there's some new element to drive me forward. Whereas success, you know, winning is you have you start over you you, the story stops and it's time to start looking for the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I prefer I like the idea more of of games being a little like life where the character just rolls into the next thing. Yeah. It's cyclical and, and a little ambivalent. You know, you always got a little win, a little loss. Right. And it, allowing yourself to do that is is crazy important. Ex- 
I find this to be especially true in games that have mechanics that define win and loss. Mm-hmm. Because in, in other games, they're kind of set up so that you don't feel mechanically obligated to try to win. Right. But in a game like, say, and we talk about it all the time, Vampire and Werewolf, the, there's mechanical advantages to winning. Allowing yourself to be open in one of those games to fail is, is actually a little harder. Right. Because the game is pushing you towards victory. So if you allow yourself to fail, now you've got a much more interesting experience, Not maybe not today, but definitely tomorrow. Let me ask you guys this then. We talked a little bit about the bleed that comes from playing to win. What are your thoughts on bleed that comes from playing to lose? I think that playing to lose is... (laughs) Okay, I actually think that the bleed that comes from playing to lose makes you a better person. Because I think it makes you more empathetic. You know, I, I get that. It's it's positive bleed because it's bringing something out of the character into your life that's and going, good. Oh, wow, this was really rough. If I knew someone who was going through this in real life, mm-hmm. I should be empathetic to them. You know, like, it, you know, not saying, well, I understand how it's like to be this thing. That's not what I mean. But I'm saying you, you can be empathetic and, and just be a little kinder. Absolutely. I think that in the long run... Playing to lose always results in positive bleed, but I actually think in the short run it can create negative. Bleed. Oh yeah, you can feel bad when you, you go can, home. Yeah, if you if you lost really hard, sometimes you need to just not go to the restaurant after a game and just go home and sulk for a few days, so that at next game you come back and you're like, "Holy crap, man, I lost hard. That was awesome." <laughs> but you know, if you're embracing it, sometimes in the moment you can be like, "Oh, that was a that was a terrible loss that my character suffered," and then go to afters and talk about. It. Oh man, my character is in such a he's in the deep shit now. Yeah. This is gonna be a lot of fun figuring this out, you know? Right. And and there's people who pursue that drama very heavily. Mm-hmm. And they love it. But you, is is that also a bad thing? It can be a bad it, thing. I was gonna say you have to be careful though, because if that's all you have on your character is loss in 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 this, abject drama in, in in so much drama that people like it, it's hard to role play with that 24 yeah. 7 like i have a problem especially in mushes my characters tend to be trauma drama bombs sure. and i know that um and i try really hard to not have you know like i've got a character right now who um he's he's a mummy so if he's murdered he comes back to life you know because that's what mummies do sure um and like you know that just happened, and now his boyfriend's dumping him, and like all these terrible things are piling up on him, and it's really easy for me to just have this character be like, everything's terrible. Like, and so play it can get more. overwhelming. It can be, it can be a little overwhelming for the person role playing it, and it can also be overwhelming for anyone dealing with that character. Because after a point, you're just like, I buy you ice cream. I don't know what to do with you. Didn't you say you played a suicidal character once that made you feel miserable the rest of the weekend? I LARP. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was at a LARP. And um, it was a pre-gen character that was yeah. handed to me. And I was like, this, this sounds... I, like, I kept reading her history and I finally said, is she suicidal? And they went, well, if that's how you want to read it. But and it I was went, pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious. And so by the end of the session, I had her... You know, it was a vampire game, so I think she jumped into the sun. I don't remember. It was, so you killed yourself. Yeah, she 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 got she got hurt. What she needed to do, she killed the person she needed to do, and then she killed herself as well. Um, and uh, it was it was really hard 
for about two days after that. Like, mm-hmm. I actually had a one of my friends was like, I'm going to spend the night with you. <laughs> I mean, it, and I wasn't actually suicidal, but it was it, it felt really heavy. Like, I was I was honestly depressed for a little bit. So strong emotions can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. I also think there are some people who play to lose so hard that they wear the people around them out. Yes. Absolutely. I, I've played in games where there there were players that uh, they lose so much and so hard that there wasn't room for anyone else in the game to lose. Because yeah. they're taking so much of the oxygen out of the room. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, all we do is take care of, of player X or, or character X mm-hmm. because, she, you know, that character's become a drama bomb. You know, Billy needs to be rescued again, everybody. Again. Yeah. Yeah. And then next week we'll get to the whole game will be about, you know, helping Billy recover from this horrible loss. Before he gets kidnapped right. again. And that was fun before. But now, like, hey, let me let me have the moment. Yeah, I want to be a drama bomb for once. And like I said, I know that I do that sometimes. So anyone right. that I role play with, I'm sorry. I've been so you trying. just have to balance it. And I've it been can, trying to be better. It can go even to an extreme of being uh, just on a, a a revolving door of characters, too. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I've seen keep, that. I keep, I keep role-playing myself into these corners where my character dies, so I have to GNC, uh, you know, generate a new character next week. Uh, and then in a month or two, that character will be backed into a corner because I love drama so much that, you know, they'll die and I'll have to make another one. And and this cycle goes, and again, that can be also exhausting to the people around you because you find yourself, you know, thinking, well, I'm not going to... Not going to become. I'm not going to let my character become close to Billy's character because Billy's character is just going to die in in a week. Yeah. Okay. Here's something, and th- this happened to Marty because when she was playing her vampire, she had a, a bunch of connections. Right. Uh, M- Marty was super popular because that's just how she is, and so there was this one guy that she had been involved in two or three death scenes of different characters of his. <laughs> yeah. Because he would make connections with people, and his entire story arc would be designed to play out in about six months to a year. Right. And then at the end of that time, it was always some huge dramatic scene in which his character died. And I didn't know about that. And then she was telling me about this scene that she just played through where this guy's character had been killed by the other people that were a member of her little group. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that sounds crazy dramatic. And he thought of all that. And, you know, it's this big moment and everything. And it's in an event game. How, you know, that's that should cool. have been a great story. And she's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's we'll fine. Do it again next year. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it again next year. And that doesn't leave room at an event game for someone else to have the spotlight. Right, because you've already done it. Yeah. You've already done it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, so there's a there's another side to this. I've known people who, 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 like I've not been personally involved, but I, you know I read a lot of articles about LARP and I've read a lot of how things have gone in different games. Mm-hmm. And there are those who will use the idea that, well, why why didn't you lose that scene? Why did why did you not lose and and, and I had to lose? You should have lost. And they're like, you're not losing enough. And so, really, what they're doing is playing to win, and they're abusing. They're using the, the, the win to lose as yes, a weapon, as a weapon against others, because they're very charismatic, usually. Yeah, and they're trying to say, "Well, the community says you should lose more. If you're not losing more, then maybe you're you're the bad guy. I I should be prince, but you should let me win here. It would be a better story." That's a, wow. always a trick. If somebody tells you it's a better story for you to lose, mm-hmm. it's something to watch. And then they're like, like the people we just talked about. They 
they want to lose so much and so hard that they win at losing. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. sounds dumb, but remember, no, the it's... only way that you win at a role-playing game is to have fun. And right. they have fun by being the center of attention. I, yeah. And I, that doesn't mean your character accomplishes things. Mm-hmm. That means you, personally, are the center of attention. It's ironic because I actually think playing to lose is uh, the most underappreciated and, for me, the one I enjoy the most of these play styles. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is also the easiest to mess up and ruin the game with. That's yeah. interesting. Because <laughs> playing to win should be that but one, right? It Obviously. should be. It should be. But, but if everybody not. knows that's what they're here for. Right. Typically, games that inspire playing to win have enough competition built into their genre that nobody is surprised by it. Right. So yeah. even if you're upset when, that you didn't win, you're not necessarily yeah, just not. distraught. When you play when you play Vampire the Masquerade and uh, another character stabs you in the back, you're not surprised. Mm-hmm. It's like Shadowrun. If I'm on a run and I don't get betrayed, I didn't feel like I was on a run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right, chum. Yeah. So... Uh, the the next one is is playing to lift, and it's sort of a new thing. And, and to me, it's about leaning into the experience of the game. Like uh, the 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 big example is if somebody's fearsome, you should fear them. And you know the standard in games is you know obviously be like, ha, I'm not afraid of you, buddy. But what you're doing is you're depriving yourself of the experience of being afraid, and you're depriving them of the experience of being someone that people are afraid of. So this is almost support-driven. It's very support-driven. I'm going to support your character by reacting to it the way you have designed it to be reacted to. Right. Well, and it should be filtered through your character. And but the, the the flip side is they should be doing the same thing. Everybody should be supporting the role play of each other. Uh, I read a great article about this where a person was talking about how that if you see somebody that is incredibly upset in game, in game, mm-hmm. and they clearly want their character to have a moment where they like cry or something, you should take your role play to the point that helps them get there, and they sure. should be doing the same for you. Yeah, like and if then, it means, and then give them the space to cry when they get to there. Yes. And then, you know, they get to have their moment, and then somebody, maybe them, does the same for you later. If you want to have a big rousing speech, people listen. It's almost like helping people play to lose. There's a lot of play to lose in it. The the issue is they're trying to remove the negative aspects that we talked about of play to lose and turn it into something a little... A little better. It also sounds like enabling others to play to win. Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of sounds like if every person makes it their responsibility to enable the people around them to to succeed in whatever play style they've chosen, then you have done it correctly. Yes. So if, if Jason is playing to win and Carrie is playing to lose, <laughs> then I need to make sure that my character uh, in, a, in some fashion enables or lets Jason win mm-hmm. and enables or in some way helps Closets, Carrie's yeah. character have drama and lose. Right. Mm-hmm. And and also as the person who's like maybe going to win in this scene, I need to mitigate it to the point where she's happy with that victory as I am. Right. Because I want to make sure that you have a good time right. with the loss that you're looking for. I will say this. I I've not heard of playing to lift. Mm-hmm. It's, 
It's new. I'm it's not an expert. It's not many new. people are. It's new. It's uh, in some some people would tell you that it's a Nordic LARP style of play. Okay. I, uh, okay. It, it may be in some ways, uh, but it is. I can tell you, it is especially popular in uh, Boffer LARPs. There's okay. something to that, and, yeah. And and Blockbuster LARPs yeah. is really. Where I would say Blockbuster is where it's really being a big thing nowadays. Well, I, I'll tell you this. That's exactly what mush is. Everybody trying to enhance the experience of those right, around them. What happens is people be like, let me look at your quirks. Right. Oh, you're fearsome. I'm going to, when I pose, my character's afraid of you. Oh, you're, you're that, like we, you actually will build into your pose what's on other people's sheets. When a mush works right. When it works right. Yeah. And I'm, it's supposed to do that. Well, I think in oh. some ways mush is way ahead of the curve on a lot of role play stuff that's coming out now. Yeah, technically. It's well, way I mean, behind. It's well, b- no, behind and way technically, ahead. Technologically, it's way behind. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like the rest of us are using rooms to well, run our uh, LARPs in. The other interesting <laughs> thing about, about playing to lift is that you see it occur naturally and unintentionally in a lot of close-knit tabletopping groups as well. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. like... I know that Jason always likes to play the the character that is is the hero and the badass, and I know that Carrie always likes to play the character who uh, who makes a mistake and has to recover for it. And so, as we encounter the the dragon or whatever, I'm going to make sure that my character acts in a way that puts Jason's character in a position to strike the dragon sure. and carry in a position to to need help getting out of the way of the fire. And we both know that Ryan likes to come up with a clever plan. Yes. So if he comes up with a plan, we're all going to be like, that's a clever plan, yeah, and then we're going to do, do it. We're going to do it. Even if it's not, we're yeah, going to do it. Because we're role-playing. It actually occurs really naturally in a, in a close, tight uh, tabletop group. It's almost like a bridge crew on a starship. <laughs> Everybody leaning in each other's Every, strengths yes, and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if, you're, if your group has been playing long enough or is friendly enough with mm-hmm. one another or empathetic enough with one another or even just aware enough to recognize what's happening and where right. people's strengths are, um, a lot of times the plane to lift will just occur and you won't even realize it was happening. Right. I think when the three of us have played together, especially in LARPs, we'll lean into whatever the other person is trying to do oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then when that when you do that mutually, you get something that's better than what you came up with by yourself. If you ever want to really see playing to lift in action, play a role playing game with a child. Oh yeah, Dakota is so good. When we played off each other so well, she would say something, and I'm like, "That's a little silly," but I'm just going to go with it. So, uh-huh. it and happens, it became it made it good. It happens in both directions. Children tend to naturally yes and yes. So when you say, "Come on, Dakota," Dakota is nine. You yes. say, "Come on, Dakota." Your character and my character are gonna over there and gonna go over there and capture that baby Stegosaurus. She'll be like, and hopefully it's not gonna hit you with its tail. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so she she signals you and you know. You should get hit with your tail. Right. And, <laughs> right. and that's gonna be and then you're like, okay, I go over there. Does its tail hit me? Right. <laughs> and so um children are not afraid or or trained from years of <laughs> societal hardship. They're not trained uh-huh. to win. Right. And so they just want everybody to just, you know, yes and and uh, and improv the heck out of everything that's happening. Yes. Their, their imagination and play acting is off the scales. And yes. that's what uh, 
that really drives that. And so if you ever really want to see it in action, you'll find that it also will empower you as the adult playing with them. Because you want to just, first of all, you don't want to break that little girl's heart. No. And tell her, no, there's no stegosaurus there. Yeah. Right? right. Or whatever. You're going to yes you, and You right go, yeah, and I got hit. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we keep saying yes and, and there's an important reason for that. Because watch a really good improv troupe. Right. Or listen to a podcast in which it's improvised, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it happening. Yeah. These people, one person will say something and the next person goes, well, that's true now. Yeah. And now maybe I, I spin it a little bit or I turn it a little bit. But, okay, let's keep going. Yeah. There's something to that. Uh, you know, I tried to, when I outlined this, I tried to think of negatives for all of them because everything does have a downside. And I, I really couldn't think of one because I haven't played around enough people. But you had a good one. I do. I th- the, the interesting thing, the, the fascinating part of playing to lift to me is that Intentional playing to lift tends to come from things like these large blockbuster experiences, right? Uh, the blockbuster LARPs, right? That are it's incredibly agency. driven by player agency. And the fascinating thing about it is that effective playing to lift involves sacrificing some of your agency, because if if Jason's character was designed to be a character people should be afraid of. Then when I walk up to him playing to lift, I have to come up with an excuse or a reason for my character to be afraid of you. Even if you're the big brave hero, you need to be finding a way to interpret, well, I'm brave. He is fearsome. How do we how do we play that? How do we right. both lift each other so he can acknowledge that I'm brave and right. I'm gonna stand up against him, but, but I'm also saying I'm I'm afraid to But and it and it forces my hand into uh, a behavior. Right. And so, and I'm not saying that that's bad. It's just, you know, we're talking about the things that can be a hindrance or negative about these things. And, and it's, it's fascinating. I don't know if it's irony, but, but it's interesting that, that all, all, a lot of the places where playing to lift is really pushed. They're also pushing player agency and playing to lift comes with a little bit of a sacrifice. Yeah. Well, I think it's something we've talked about before that agency is great, but it is not the end all. No. No. Like, I want to play in a game in which I feel like my actions matter. Mm-hmm. I do not want to play in a game in which I feel like that somebody's going to do something that does not fit the game right. and take to. away from my experience. Mm-hmm. And the other the other issue with playing to lift is if two characters that are supposed to evoke the exact same response interact with one another. So, so you've got to figure that out. Right. If your character is supposed to be fearsome and my character is supposed to be fearsome, when we come together, which of us is going to be scared of the other? Well, that's the reason why there's a lot of off-game negotiation. Right. And so then you lose immersion. Another selling point of these yeah. kinds of games. It's, so it's just interesting. Like, there's yeah. a, a juggle happening that, that I'm fascinated with. Well, great games, great experiences of any type in life are about trying to... Uh, maintain the balance between a bunch of things that are somewhat opposed. Right. It's kind of like this podcast. It's a great thing and I'm trying to maintain the balance between the three of us who are so opposed to one another. Sometimes. Some of our best episodes are like that. (laughs) So, let's come to uh, the the end here, which is our kind of theory about how to play. And this is actually going to again be called Playing to Win. But this time it's a capital W. Right, because it's playing to win. Right. <laughs> yes, but the only way. The only, the way, only way to win, way to win yeah. is to have fun. Yeah. So, so Carrie, how, do you, how do you have fun? Um, well, I have fun by lift and losing. So that's what you should seek out. Yes. 
Right. And so, but if somebody has a good time playing to win, that's what they should go to. There's lots of really good competitive games out there. I enjoy primarily playing to lose mm-hmm. with a sprinkling of lifting and, and winning. I like a little playing to win sometimes, too. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, every once in a while, I do just want to, like, hit one out of the park. Yeah. You oh, know? Yeah. I'm, I'm fine striking out for, for seven or eight games, but once in a while, I want to hit one out of the park. Sometimes I want to play a vampire game in which I manipulate everyone and become prince. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I want to roll up to a game and not have to try so hard to get people to react to my character the way it was designed to be reacted to. Yeah. And just, you know, yeah, sometimes I just want to be there. And so, so that's why, like for me, I like mostly playing to lose cause I enjoy the drama. Um, but a little bit of playing to lift and a little bit of, mm-hmm. uh, and, and also some of the playing to lift for me comes from the fact that I very much enjoy, uh, watching others get the experience they want. Mm-hmm. Have that moment. Uh, yeah. I'm a little yeah. bit, a little bit of a role play voyeur. You know? Yeah, no. That's <laughs> hey, that's why you're a storyteller. That is true. That's mm-hmm. probably very true. What about you, Jason? What do you like? Well, like I said, I like lift and win. More lift than win because I like the idea of reacting to other people's characters and them reacting to me. And that took me a long time to get there. A re- for a long time, I was like, no, I'm playing somebody who's fearless. I don't care what your sheet says. Yeah. I'm going to get in your face. Right. I'm going to dare you to, to attack me. Just... You know, and I can be pretty loud and intimidating. I got away with it a lot from yelling. And yeah. you know what? That's not always the the best best experience for both of us. Yeah. You know, because you've got to find a way to make it fun for everybody. So this is why we kind of think that that the only way to win is is to have fun. And so our our theory is play to have fun. And and to do that, you have to seek the experience you personally want. But then. I think it's also important that you're communicating to those playing with you and your storyteller uh, what experience you're seeking. Right. And if you're running a game, especially, you know, it's important to convey what experience folks should expect to receive. And we did a whole episode on tell people what kind of game you're going to run and then run that game. (laughs) And it's such a huge deal. It's something I've struggled with when I'm running a game, uh, you know, like, when I was OST, I know I talk about it a lot, but <laughs> back in the day, because one of the things that I struggled with was I had one game in my head and then I wound up running a game that was a little different than what I'd told people that I wanted to run. Right. Right. And that's, that's just inexperience to tell you the truth. Uh, but the more you reinforce telling people what you're going to do and then doing that, especially yeah. when about play style. Yeah. I think that, Playing to playing to win really is, you know, playing to win capital W. Yes, playing to win in which winning is having fun is really about not focusing on playing for accomplishments or playing for drama or playing for lifting others. It's about finding a balance between those three that enables you and your gaming table and community to all enjoy the game the most together. Mm-hmm. Because we, we have a, an, a, an obligation to ourselves to have a good time. Because do not deliberately participate in experiences regularly that you don't enjoy. Well, yeah. And I mean, that sounds dumb, but... How often have we went to games and we weren't having a good time for months? And, and yeah. oftentimes, if you're not having a good time, you ruin the experience for those around you. It's not deliberate, but it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
also you have an obligation to those around you to make sure they're having a good time, whatever that means. I think that folks who focus primarily just on one of those first three play styles, Mm -hmm. they are often, they often end up experiencing or projecting out some of those downsides to those play styles. Yes. And so I really feel like if you're playing to, to have fun and you're picking from those three play styles, you know, in moderate amounts to make your complete role play self, uh, I think that you're less likely to, to, cause that negative bleed or make people tired of the fact that you're the drama bomb or, um, you know, or, or run into issues where, uh, you're not sure how to play your character because you feel like what somebody else needs is going to, to mess up your, what you need to, to role play. You know, if you're balancing all of those things, you're less likely to be cornered by one of those negative sides to it. Right. All right. So just like in life balances everything. I think so. Yeah. How do you feel about balance, Carrie? That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> gee, hey, guess what? What? The only way to win a role playing game is this to have, have fun. fun. Mm. Oh, I'm so sick of that crap. Yeah. Mm. All right. Let's go to game wrap. <laughs> Welcome to game wrap. Losers. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Suck it, nerds. <laughs> that shows I that was the experience I wanted today. Was to be told to suck it. Yeah? Yeah. I'm glad that I could lift you up um, well, and yeah. kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Good game, That's why Carrie. nobody goes to Denny's with Ryan after game. No, they don't. It's it's because nobody else likes Denny's. Everybody yeah, goes to That's true. Well it's just Denny's with a different name. That's all that's it is. True. <laughs> I don't know. I never had a pot of coffee dumped at me at City Cafe. So, no, did you have a pot of coffee dumped at Denny's? I did. I had second degree burns. Oh man! Yeah. Were, you, I was a waiter for a very short amount of time, and my very first table that I ever waited, I walked up with. It was a Shoney's, so I had a handful of tea. Like yeah. I don't know, like six glasses. Right. And I walked right up to the lady uh, who was sitting closest to the edge. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you, you know, there's this technique where you've got a, a, a platter of drinks and, and you, you swing it, it around. Yeah. yeah. I did that right into her lap, like oh. full force. I thought, well, I've got this. Wham! Oh. All six drinks right in her lap. And I drenched her from head to toe. Oh. Did, did she tip you? Yeah, actually they did. Cause she had been a waitress for years. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> But I have, but I have done things like this. Yeah, yeah. she tipped to lift. She tipped there to lift. There you go. There you <laughs> She's go. like, keep going. You'll get it. Probably. Mm, <laughs> I no. did not. No. <laughs> I was a terrible waiter. I worked food service for one night. That's because you're not tough enough. Cut. No, he wasn't. It was a Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. That's like the easiest one. Well, here's nobody the, goes to Dairy Queen. So listen, in hindsight. They were violating OSHA rules. That's normal. You know the a French fry fryer? Yes. Okay. So it's got two hot oil vats. Sure. And there's a bar that runs between yes. the two sides. Okay. So they were still frying French fries and had me get up on top of it so my feet were on the bar between the two hot oils. Right. To clean the vent above it. With degreaser? So think about all the problems with this. Well, now, first of all, this is not that unusual. Problem one, still cooking. Yeah. 
problem too. Um, like standing on oily stainless steel right. above boiling hot, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and number three, cleaning with cleaning solution. <laughs> just drip it right down dri- in the hole. falling right down into the <laughs> what they're cooking. Right. It yeah. was just everything about it was wrong. But you know what? When I when I got done that night, I went home and I, I told my mom. I said, you know what? I am not afraid of working. I am unwilling to lose my foot to a vat of hot oil. <laughs> he says, I will wait till I become a diabetic. Yep. And that's how I'm going to lose That's how my I'm going to lose So, it. wait, I've got a question. What was the next job you did? Uh, the next job was I carried out groceries at a grocery store, and I did that for like three years. Oh, well, that's not too bad. Yeah, so it really was. It's no it food service. Right. But, I mean, it was still tip-based. Yeah. Well, you don't get, well, you get tipped back, as a waiter, but back not. Back then. Back then. Get, no, no, no. It, you can still get tipped for delivering food. I'm saying food service, only waiters. Are, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, there you go. All right. Well. Wait, wait, wait. We've, <laughs> we've went weird. this far. We've went this far. Carrie, what was your first job? Um, my very first job was waitress. Oh. Were you good at it? I was okay. Okay. I was okay. I, uh. We would either do, it was one of those places where you ordered and then your food was brought, you ordered at a counter and then your food right. was brought to you with a So you know, the you tips were terrible then. Yeah, it was not good tips. No. I, I worked at a Shoney's, so everybody there thought $2 for a $50 meal uh, was like yeah. way too much. Right. Yeah. That's because everyone's at, at Shoney's after church service. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it those It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. That's true. They just come from church the, the, the median <laughs> age was like 60. Yeah. Right? And they're like, yeah. well, back in my day. We gave you a quarter, and that was enough to buy a new car. (laughs) So I'm going to give you $2, rich man. And that's why you steal game PDFs. Uh, No. no. (laughs) I sneak into movies. I don't steal game PDFs. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we can be found at honorrollpodcast.com. Of course, the podcast is on iTunes and Stitcher and all those places where you listen to your stuff. Uh, Although we may not be on iTunes for very much longer. Why? What's the deal with iTunes now? iTunes is being discontinued and is turning into a what? pot. Yep. Yeah. What? iTunes is going away. Basically, the short version of what's happening is that they're breaking iTunes into three different programs. One's called podcasts, one called music, and one is called video. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So Wait, people use iTunes to look at video? Yeah. You have to use it for all those things. That's awful. Yeah. So we're, we're for now, on iTunes, but may soon be on Apple Podcasts. Is that what it's mm. going to be called? Yes. It's not as, it's not as catchy. No, yeah. but it sounds like apple pie, and I'm okay with that. We're okay also that. on Twitter, at Honor Roll Podcast. You Tweet can go us. to facebook.com slash groups slash Honor Roll Podcast. Hosts at honorrollpodcast.com is where you can email us, and of course, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash Podcast to get free stuff like postcards and books and Mentions. Uh, mentions. We'll even roast your character if you give us enough money. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. We need to go back through and roast everybody again. Right. Well, you know, we do it we're, we do it once a year for everyone who's been, oh, that's been right. around it is that once long. a year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. need to look and see. Do right. yeah. We've got to be due. Yeah. For somebody. No. Oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure that out. All right. Well, email us. You guys both get 100 XP tonight. Woo! <laughs> Uh, you did really, really well. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That XP is really lifting my character. Aw. Yeah. What if, what if you I, lost 50 of it? Oh. No, that's me. I'm not winning oh, anymore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> So what's next episode? Next next week's episode is uh, Jason Gets a Car. No. I, what? Don't you get eight? Eight car? Eight, eight. cars? 
from the two dollars you got if it Oh okay. that's true. I so math. Get, yes, so uh, math. I get a charge for that. Math is subjective. I, 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 when you jump out of nowhere and start talking math, it surprises the hell out of me. <laughs> Until next time, remember the only way to win a role playing game is to have fun. Or scare Jason yeah. with math. Or buy him a car. Buy me a car. Oh, with your two dollars. Yeah. With your two dollars. on the Honor Roll podcast belong to just those who are here on the podcast and nobody else. All of the music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com.